it was always part of the plan to put a brewery in, but for many years it, it was just a plan. It's 100% acquisition of Green Beacon. No, we had a chat with everybody. Anyone would have seen this coming a mile away. It's the passion and the, the dedication to beer and brewing. Oh, yeah. That's super simple and direct question. It's always fun to get to speak about beer. And that's just what we're here to do, talk about beer. And this conversation has been 15 years in the making as I chat with Brennan and Peter Fielding, founders of the Burley Brewing Company. Burley is a fascinating study into consistency in the ever-changing brewing landscape. It was a pioneering brewery of the Queensland craft beer scene when it set up, but also much larger and, dare I say it without offending some of its contemporaries, more professional than some of the early startups of its day. In many ways, I feel it was ahead of its time. Brennan was already an experienced brewer, and together they were experienced brewery owners when they set up Burley in 2006. And both, through its comparative size and considered approach to the craft beer revolution exploding around them, Burley stood apart from the sometimes noisy and attention-seeking side of the market, but it was also a distinct point of difference to large corporate breweries at the other end of the scale. None of that is to say they haven't been trailblazers or fundamental to the growth of craft beer in the state. They have just gone about their thing standing a little apart from the noise and hype of the industry. Because of this, it's been fascinating to watch this business evolve and grow over the course of 15 years. And it was a great experience to hear Peter and Brennan reflect on their journey and some of the things that I thought of as an outside observer. This is one of those conversations that contains invaluable advice and guidance for anyone with an interest in starting, owning or running a brewery, or for anyone interested in the business of good beer. It's a fun chat and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Brendan and Peter Fielding, welcome to Beer as a Conversation, or back to Beer as a Conversation, because I've spoken to you both individually over the years, but never together. No, that's because I always talk too much. When <laughs> well, you're also very, very hard to pin down, I I think what say. you'll find is you're going to be interviewing both of us, but one will be doing all the talking. <laughs> you say that, but I'm trying to work out which one that will be. <laughs> Because I, I, I know you both from very long conversations at, at, at various stages. So uh, anyway, we'll see. But the, the, the reason I chose now to get some time in both of, of your schedules was Burley is celebrating 15 years. Um, it's, a, it's a milestone uh, for, for craft brewing. You've also just had a, 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 would you call it a major expansion or just another no, expansion? No. Continuation just of. A, <laughs> yeah, just a continuation yeah, no, of what's been happening for uh, what, easy, well, easier for the last about ten years. Fifteen years. years? <laughs> no, no. Well, definitely I mean, ten. But yeah, yeah definitely probably 10. a bit more. I mean, I think when we set up the brewery originally, we kind of set it up to to get us to a certain amount of volume, and then we exceeded that. Then we had to start. Which at the time on. we've, I think, um, you know, we wrote our first business plan and. I think potentially at the time, if you'd asked us, that was probably about as big as we thought we were going to go. You know, that first five years. Well, the first five years, you were hoping to get to a size um, that, you know, for, for those um, who, are, who are listening along, I, I refer you back. We, we won't go through the who is the Brendan um, Fielding and we won't go through who is the Peter Fielding um, that we normally do because it's, it's a little bit of, this is very much, um, we've covered that in the past. But, you know, Burley started in 2006 or probably more appropriate in 2004 when the planning first started. Um, and, and when you I think launched... the planning started the day we met. <laughs> <laughs> but but when you when you launched in two thousand and six, um, and it's it's very hard for people who are coming to craft beer or looking at the scene now to think back to those days when you were the first new constructed craft brewery. Is that fair enough? Yeah, I think we were the first, definitely the first um, production craft brewery, packaging craft brewery in Queensland. And um, at the time in Queensland, there'd been over, oh, maybe a five-year period, there'd been a couple of brew pubs kind of come and go, a, a, an early iteration of a brew pub. So not kind of the like things you've seen. In, in Brisbane, yeah, and, kind know, of where Spring the brewery... Hill. Spring, Spring Hill, Hill yeah. yeah. Which came and went. And yeah, the, and there was the Sanctuary Cove one um, for a little while. That's right. Um, 
there was one in the Islander in Surface Paradise, but it was almost like the breweries were, they were not the hero. They were a small part of what was in those facilities. So to not, and there's still some brew pubs like that, but, but not, you know, a serious brew pub like now. But at the time there was, yeah, there was certainly weren't any independent brewers knocking on bottle shop doors saying, hey, how about it? Well, independent <laughs> wasn't even a word. Craft wasn't even a word. In no. It was boutique. Days. It was boutique or, yeah. you know. In um, fact, people used to ask us, what are you? Are you a boutique brewery? Are you like, well, and it, we were, we didn't really feel like we needed a label, a label and there wasn't really a label that fit, we didn't think. We were just, we're a local brewery, you know. Microbrewing was the other one. Micro um, was another thing that was thrown around. But yeah, craft, you're right, probably really wasn't. That kind of came later. It, it, it came once there was an industry that we mm. had to try and describe yeah. because you guys... Put it in a box. Um, you know, there, there were a handful of there. There were the Mountain Goats, there were the Holgates and and a few others. But in, in southeast Queensland, there were no craft beer venues. There were nothing like that. And unlike a lot of people who set up breweries back in those days um, that were very, very small with, you know, old milk, you know, equipment or however they did it. That's you, right. There was Sunshine Coast. There was a Sunshine Coast that had, you know, jury rigged everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when you opened, you had a 5,000 litre brew house that was... With, ten, with 10,000 litre fermenters. Mm. Yeah. Which At the time, I was pretty serious. Yeah. That was it. Like you, you, you went into it um, with commitment. But do you know, we, so we came home from Hawaii. We sold the brewery that we had over there with the full intention of coming home and building Burley Brewing. We had the vision for that. And when we came back, we, we had done some planning already from over there. And we came back with the intention that we were going to do a brew pub. But Just a proper... Go straight into it. Big brew pub. And we started really looking into the market... Um, and doing analysis and so on. It was actually through that research process that we realised this place needs more. We, we have to do more for them. that. A brew pub won't cut it. There's there's more needed. And it was scary as all whatever. But um, I don't know. So something in that planning, we just realised. No, we've, we've got to we've got to go at the time big um, to do it justice and to do to even be able to make a bit of a chink and and have an impact and. Because our big thing was we need to bring these people some choice. <laughs> it, and we, like, we, we were so passionate about that. And we realised we weren't going to be able to do that with the initial plans we had. So it was a very intentional process and, that and we, we went took, through. At some stage, I can't remember exactly when it was, but we said, let's maybe just put it on pause for a little while, get to know the industry. So I immediately got a job working with a company trying to get in their brew pub in Brisbane. That was the old Oxford Brewing Company. And then I got an opportunity to uh, be the consulting brewer uh, for the uh, in 2004 with the um, Moo Brew guys. Um, Owen Johnson says hello, by the way. Uh, so yes. I, was, I was speaking to him just earlier today about the upcoming yes. hop harvest. I got to catch up with him at the um, when we were down in Tasmania just a, about a month ago. It was great to see him again. Um, and, and, and it was through those, getting those two breweries in, in the, pretty much those two years that kind of said, okay, now I've, I've made some, some, uh, really good contacts in the industry. Um, there's a lot of potential here. The gold coast is where we live. That's what we want to, where we want to get it going. And that's when we started getting the business plan when I was actually still working, uh, at that other brew pub. But yeah, the brew pubs weren't going to make the impact that we wanted. But at the same time, and you know, whilst there were no breweries, and there was, you know, I remember organising international brewers' days and things like that. You know, just trying when we were just first trying to kickstart enthusiasm, and there was only one bar in Brisbane that was doing it. But we could still see what was going on internationally, and Little Creatures had been around for a little while, and the pent-up enthusiasm for craft beer um, wanted the big IPAs and, you know, some of those more adventurous beers. And when you did launch, you launched with uh, with the Duke Range, which was a Hefeweizen. Uh, remember them? Um, well, no, it wasn't one of the first. The first oh, three were um, Duke pa- Premium Lager, Duke Pale Mid and the Pale Ale. And the Pale Ale, yeah. Yeah, so Hef came a Oh, so Hef came afterwards, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which was, again, um, like a... There was almost that feeling amongst... The, the beer nerds at, at the time, well, you know, this isn't what we 
been waiting. Like we, we wanted the starters gun and big IPAs yeah. and things. Well, like that. well it's, it's, I, I would. I, sorry, I'm going to have to disagree with that because when when we put out our first pale ale and people were tasting it, they're going, "Wait a minute, this is way too much." I, I think you have to draw a <laughs> distinction for the Gold Coast. The Gold Coast was not. Or the people we were finding on the Gold Coast, we, we couldn't find those. Uh, and I guess, but I, I was referring to the little bubble yeah. that, 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 that existed. Oh, for sure. Um, it was there. You know, people who had travelled overseas and had a bit of a taste of it and then they'd come home and be like, where can I get what I had overseas? And th- for sure, there was there was that. But it was also, at this, there was a few things going on. There was, there was definitely that, but it was very... I don't know what, like few and far between. Facebook didn't exist. There were no Facebook groups about, you know. Well, there, there was none of that, and, and that was. But um, there was like this this beer community that um, was keen for beer, but then suddenly there was desert exactly um, out, outside exactly. of like there was and this to try and rally that was difficult at back then. And right? you weren't going to fill a brewery with the demand from that small. That's exactly group right. Anyway. And with what what we did, the scale we ended up going in at, and and from our perspective, we we weren't we were there to provide another choice because there were, there just wasn't any choice in beer on the Gold Coast, and so um, we weren't there necessarily to, and we knew at the time we couldn't um, put out our most you know creative out there products or, or whatever, and and in fact that we were gonna that would make it harder for ourselves if. Initially, we scared more people off than what we attracted. So it was, it was, yeah, even the choice of beers was very intentional. But I remember being in bottle shops on a Friday night when we could get someone to let us in and do a tasting. <laughs> Brennan would be in one, I'd be in another. We'd be on the phone to each other. And so kind and of you going... You a very young family would, at this stage We as did. Well. Our kids were five and six or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd be on the phone going, you know, how many people have you managed to convince to try it? So, so now, whereas the big challenge is... Every time people go to the bottle shop, they want something new, 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 new. What haven't I tried before? Back then, it was if if I don't know it and don't trust it, it just must be horrible, and I'm not going to even try. You stand there it. for an hour trying to give out free, free beer, being heckled and by nobody. <laughs> nobody would would even try it. What does a chick know about beer anyway? <laughs> all that stuff, yeah. all that stuff. It was, and it was. But we just that's when we just started going. To each other to kind of keep us made one taste bud at a time, one taste, and we do these calculations. If there's however many million <laughs> mouths in Australia, we need 0.001% of them to like it. So if if you know if if you thousand people walk past you in the bottle shop and one falls in love with it, we're on track. <laughs> yeah, we, just just to jump forward now because it it's interesting that you talk about that. That initially it was just getting people to try. Um, and with a, a mid-strength lager and a European premium lager and then the pale ale, it was a very sort of um, – safe isn't the word, but like it, yeah, it, it was – Yeah, you call it a very basic lineup from the, where we'd come from. But it, but it was it was calculated because I'd, I'd worked and run and designed all the recipes for the Oxford Brewing Company for mm. four years. And we did – we had six or eight core beers – and then we did a special every week. So we had 50 special beers a week. Uh, sorry, a year. And you could, you could see what sold and what did not sell. I got the sales figure every single week. And, it, and it's like, it was going, wow, this is like market research. And, you know, you make a batch of uh, stout that won a gold medal at the AIBA, but it took you half a year to sell the, the one batch, which was 20 kegs. That tells you your market is not after the stout not if you're building a production brewery yeah and and here we are when we go one batch of beers twenty-seven thousand bottles one batch they go i gotta sell all that (laughs) and the highest beers that we sold at that market research center that i was operating (laughs) was um our 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 lager our mid-strength lager and our pale ale and, and I, I used to tweak with that pale ale all the time. And I remember just tweaking it just right and going, oh, that is the absolute perfect pale ale that I've ever made or tasted. And then people go, too intense. Don't, <laughs> don't like it. People were telling me down. that about your lager. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah what, the what, time. Yeah. But fast forward 15 years and, you know, we've, we've got a beer industry that is suffering from um, ADP or attention deficit palate, as I like to call it. 
that must all of that hard work um, and building a brand and building a, a, a custom must actually be working in your favour, I'd imagine, because you would have a set of people who come to Burley and trust you and aren't, you know, skipping off to whatever the latest brewery is as much as some of the breweries that have built themselves in being very much on trend. New, new, new. Yeah, look, I, I think that's a fair observation for sure. And we're, we're still... You know, we have a core lineup of six beers that are all still growing. So, you know, it's not like we have to keep bringing out a new beer every week to find new markets or new drinkers or or what have you. And and though, you know, like I said, those those core beers for us are just a, a range of alternative, amazing, independent beers that are just another choice. And yeah, absolutely, there's a growing um, following. Yeah, who it's that's. Now, you know, they're regular, regular beers or definitely in their regular repertoire. Um, and, but it's continuing to grow. Mm. Yeah. But it was a, that was a long time coming because you weren't just building a production brewery. You were building an industry around you in, in southeast Queensland at the same time. We knew, I certainly knew that the industry was going to come and we talked about it all the time. When is someone going to come into our backyard and... And build a brewery because they see what's happening. Yeah, we didn't necessarily set out consciously to build an industry. An industry. But yeah, you're right. That's what we ended up having to do in a well, sense. Well, you had to, because, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what it meant was for the first however long, we didn't actually really get to spend our time talking about um, our brand or, you know, brand Burley kind of thing. We were just... We're trying to teach people about what's now called craft beer or, or beer that's made a different way from the way industrial brewing is done. Or So we, would, we were, I guess, in effect building an industry because that's what we spent our whole time talking about, as did you. We were, you know, we were doing it for different reasons, you know. And so... I never um, had the guts to open a brewery. <laughs> um, but then at some point, yeah, it, was, it kind of really changed and it was kind of, okay, well now... Now there is an industry and now there's all these other different products and so on and now we have to get a little bit more, um, I don't think selfish is the right word, but a bit more self-focused to actually now tell the story about in amongst all of that, who are we and what's our position as opposed to just we're, another, we're an alternative beer to what the big brewers do kind of thing. But there must have been, quite apart from taking people on the journey and, and, and educating them and I, I always loved Brennan's passion and the, 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 the purity for beer and this is how it's done and, and, and all of those sorts of things. So, and I remember reading when, when you started, you, your range was Duke because a Duke had an area and so you're going to sell like four hours north, four hours yep. south. Um, it was always going to be re- delivered refrigerated. You kept it refrigerated. And because that's all like, the, because there was going to be so much demand in that region, we wouldn't be able to think about sending it further. And and, 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 and looking after the beer the way beer yeah. should be looked after. Yeah. And I remember um, looking on the website once when there was an FAQ where you know, we were sort of talking about all of this and somebody had posted a question. Oh, look, I went to my bottle shop and they had your beer stacked on, on, on the floor warm um, so I didn't buy it and there was exactly. this oh no, and then there was this kind of thing where you've almost over-educated your market and, and scared them and it's then you like had to a go, little bit of information is dangerous right yeah yeah no that's exactly right we, we did have things like that where and we, did, we I remember explaining on tours that um, you know that it, it, the, the bad thing for beer is if it goes hot cold hot cold hot cold Ours has never been warm because it's packaged and if it warms up slowly and then you chill it down again, you'll be fine. You won't get sick, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, there, were, there was a lot of educating, which I guess that was just, we, you know, as I say, we weren't thinking at the time that that's what we were doing really. It was just felt like what we had to do to make the business work. Exactly. <laughs> now, you, you did launch with the, with the three beers and at some point the Duke Pale became... 28 pale what can, can you remember what the thinking was around why you changed from the duke because the lagers both stayed as duke for, for, a, for a, a little while, while. Yeah. yeah yeah we had, a, we had to lighten that beer up significantly in order to get people to drink it so you know it's it close to 50 bus and it wasn't a i don't think it was a, a beer that Unless you'd gone and you spent some time in California. It was much more like Alpha Pale Ale is, is the way, which was that higher... Um, Bitterness. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't say I've had that, one of those in 10 years. So. <laughs> You've outlasted it, I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it was, it was very bitter and dry hopped and, you know, it had intense malt flavor. And so it was like very much a California style, mm. uh, you know, rich hoppy pale ale. And it wasn't something that sold. And we went from doing very few batches of that a year. And then with, you know, we changed up the yeast. We changed up the hopping regime. We lightened the body. And all of a sudden, we're brewing that thing uh, twice a week from four times a year. It's funny you ask that question, why the change? He goes straight to what was in the bottle. And I'm about to tell you about the brand. And it's... <laughs> Because it kind of it was both, but it probably was a point in time there where there was starting to be a little bit of a shift in our mindset. Because when we when we launched, it was like the the beer and the 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 difference of just being an independent brewer and a, a local brewer and a, all, all of that was enough of a brand story. And we the, you know we weren't brand people at the time, and we didn't you know putting the all the effort now that goes into consumer branding. We learn a lot as we go along. We do learn a lot as we go along. And and I would say somewhere in there was obviously a learning where, and I I feel like we'd brought another product in by then as well. We had the half. You had the half, yeah. Yeah, so we were, like not everything was branded Duke then anyway. And so then we had to, we started having branding discussions, you know, all the rest of it. And so then we um, being, started to be a bit more aware of, okay, well, when this industry does come, we're going to have to have the position that we own in the market kind of thing and that will require People brand. also so started calling us the Duke's Brewery. There was confusion <laughs> around that, it's yes. Like, and I, didn't, I really didn't like that. I'm all, read the bottle. It says Burley Brewing Company. <laughs> so we are obviously doing something wrong from the brand thing because we're getting that. Yeah, and then it took a long while to, to change that because we knew the Duke beers weren't going to always be the only beers we did. They were yep. the beers we started with. And um, so we needed Burley, brand Burley, to be a thing as well. So, yeah, you'll learn as you we, go along. We got up with nine or ten core beers at one stage and then, we, you know, we had to then refocus and brought it back down to six. Mm. But it's funny how things start as a great idea. Like, we'll call it Duke because that describes... And then you find yourself spending so long explaining what your thing is when that we were you still realize having to explain what our beer was yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 when i had to tell every single buddy it wasn't named after duke hanamoku <laughs> <laughs> but it was a nice underlying theme no it wasn't because it, it wasn't its intention so i don't know yeah <laughs> but i i guess you know for in business they call it the first mover advantage that was one advantage you had that little bit of room to play and learn and discover before you had um because there certainly was an industry that attracted other substantial uh breweries yeah no maybe i i mean it is it an advantage is it a disadvantage i don't know um there were you know because we weren't first obviously there were others in the country so i definitely wouldn't claim to you know yep. acknowledge the work that was going on elsewhere for sure um it didn't feel like a hell of a lot of an advantage at the time to be honest with how hard it was to and and you know then you run the risk of you you're the one who's been there telling the story doing the hard yards um all of that and then when new stuff does start to come in writing your you coattails. run the risk of <laughs> being seen style. as the old news and you haven't even yet had your run because <laughs> all you've done is open the door for other you know do you know what i mean so i do yeah and i'm i that's just that's just how it is. Am, am I glad that we were the first ones here and got to put our footprint on the industry on the coast? Absolutely, because oh, I think it's gone okay. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, it was a hard journey. That's for sure. And it's just it's just it's hard to even describe how different it is now. I know you know, but for for people who didn't know a time when you know the beer selection didn't look like it does now and craft beer wasn't what it is now, it's just. The change in 15 years is just immense. I shared an article that I wrote eight years ago um, when the Australian brewery, first brewery put in a canning line and I was just saying, you know, brewers are starting to mess around with barrels and things like that. And, and you look at just eight years and yeah, how much has changed since yeah, then. absolutely. But tell me about, now Brennan just described, you know, when 28 um, went from being the Duke, in the industry we sort of talk about it, being dumbed down but right. that wasn't it. It, it it was going for a different palette it was going for a different time in the market and a different sort of market kind segment of at that stage friendlier introduction maybe yeah, yeah. A, a gentler it, it yeah. didn't challenge people to yep. step up um 
There, but there's, if you look back in the course of craft brewing history or microbrewing history, just in the last 40 years, multiple breweries have taken their flagship and redone them. It has to evolve because with Because 90% sure. of the industry still find a Pilsner challenging. It's true. So, it's true. I mean, and I can, I can think of classic you know, breweries that you will well know that they went, okay, after about seven years ago, we're not selling enough of this. We got to make a change mm. because we need to sell the beer. But and then if, you're, if your consumer's not, not drinking it, don't stand there with your flag <laughs> in the, in the ground saying, I'm not going to budge. Well, it's interesting that you say that because, and, and I, cause I talk about your passion. I remember how, um, I mean, not forceful, but you had very strong views about beer and um, the, the the purity of the craft of brewing. Still does, um, and it still does, which is great. <laughs> but at the same time, it's interesting to hear you talk about not compromising the product, but you know, being willing to not stand there and wait for people to to come to you. You will go find them with the right beer as well. The thing is, I I drink certain beers and certain styles of beers mm. and there's things that I enjoy then that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone else does everyone else has their own experiences their own beers that they love or hate they also have their own palate that finds them enjoyment or, or misery so what I love doesn't necessarily mean that that's what the next person loves I had an idea about that pale ale based on many other pale ales I'd brewed at many other breweries, you know, 10 or 15 years before that, I went, oh, this is what I like. Turns out that's not what the Australian market liked. And I, and I go, I'm, well, my feelings aren't hurt. And, and just recently, we got to brew a, a beer here that I go, you know, it was one of our um, uh, ales, and, and I go, you know, it is, is very bitter, and it is very malty, and it just goes, that's just perfect for me, and I love it, and we make it in limited <laughs> amounts. It's, it, it, it's true what he's saying because um, I'm actually part of his tasting panel, and uh, my tastes couldn't be more diverse from Brennan, and sometimes um, he'll be wanting to make you know a call between two versions of a beer or something, and almost I think put too much um, stock in my views because I you know I'm, I'm not the expert on this side is no but you know it's it, you're the every person <laughs> well uh, to some extent yeah and it's funny the beer that he was just describing there was really full-on beer he gave me a sample and I said oh you're not gonna sell that are you <laughs> yeah and it, and, it, and it turns out and I pushed for it and I go no it actually went well we're 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 going to because I think we hit the nail on the head in this one. And in, in this case, there's going to be enough people out there like me now that will say, yes, that is what we're looking for. It's a great brewed beer, but it, yeah, it was too much for me. Well, to, to, to what extent has that moved on? And you need to be putting out those beers to keep your you know, craft brewing chops of, you know, so people can still see that you've got an edge. I don't know that it's edge. I think you, I think you have to stay... Um, because there are new consumers, thankfully, coming into, you know, our side of the market, the craft side of the market, whatever you want to call it, stepping away from mainstream, trying new things, however you want to talk about it. There are new people doing that all the time. And so I think you have to stand ready to be um, meeting them to have that conversation with whatever you've got on offer at the time. So I think having just a set and forget approach to a range of core beers and kind of saying that's us and that's enough is is not sufficient partly because the the, the market evolves but also because otherwise it yeah it does you know people's taste change so or, or whatever we have two i mean we have two opportunities to engage sorry we have many opportunities to engage with the public and the drinking public but it's um we have the pilot plant here where we're doing pilots almost every week so we have almost 50 new beers that someone can try a year we have 15 beers on tap so when people come they can get an array of beers and then we do uh, limited releases in much bigger quantities that go out to the local bottle shops and or um, uh, the craft bars or other bars that where where the craft consumers going and you can get them outside so it's we're doing both things but I don't know that it's main you know you refer to it as maintain and edge 
I mean, that's maybe just a turn of phrase, but but I think it's it's important for um, staying relevant and staying in the conversation. But we will ne- like we're not a um, throw donuts in beer type kind of brewery. Not that the, um, I don't want to say that in a derogatory way, but some Please people that's do. what they do celebrate it. You know, <laughs> donuts in beer that's their thing. But we we like there's so many beers to be brewed and that we want to brew. We can't possibly do it through them all in our core range. To do them and just that's part of the education process, part of the journey for people and we know we can, you know, what we're going to do will do well. So, you know, why not? We would never survive as a brewery on our limited release program or our, you know, tap house exclusive stuff downstairs. Be- because we can't, there's not a big enough market to sustain the brewery. When I said on edge, um, I, I think it was being relevant or being mm. engaging or mm. giving people a reason to come back or what's Stories new or to tell, education. All, all of those sorts of things. And even for, um, I won't say experimenting because that makes it sound like we don't know what we're doing. We're just what will happen if we push this button? But actually, <laughs> trials and learn education for our own brew team. You know, um, that's a big part of of what we do on our pilot plant. The good thing is the customers get to come and drink it and enjoy the benefits. You know, but um, that's a big part of it. As well, so I think it's just an inherent part of being a craft brewer that you you, you can't ever but, just stop. And, and you can't let's let's say if you if you opened up the um, the World Beer Cup beer style guideline, it shows you about 125 commonly brewed beers or beers that you know we you know we're going to put a style oh, guile yeah. guideline to. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that there's not everyone knows all 125. Of those beers, yeah, and or then even had a chance to try those, then, yet, let alone the donuts. Yeah, and then you go off and you go, okay, so we're gonna take this beer and this beer and this beer, and then we're gonna combine them. But that's kind of stuff's been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years. I mean, it was only like 125 years ago where someone goes, "I'm gonna do a a Dunkel Weissenbach," and it was from a Bach brewery that wanted to sell more beer so they go okay we're going to combine these three styles so this uh, this experimentation or collaboration or whatever you want to call it it's been it's been going on for a long long time and there's a lot of things for consumers to learn and to try and you if you can take beer as a continuous learning journey then you will never get there a lifetime is because you'll just but does that mean that we should be showing, throwing donuts in or, you know, packets of lollies in and things like that? I don't, I don't believe so, no. Well, if someone, like, that's not our, you know. No, oh, no, no. That's not, but that's not our position. That's not what we do. But, um, you know, if people do it and people want to drink it, who's to, like, who's to say no? Whether hear, you want to call it beer or not, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I hear Brennan say that and that's exactly right. That constant experimentation yeah. and pushing and seeing what yeah. is good and yeah. what, you know, we, we don't want it to calcify and be in the same place. But at the same time, there is an element in the industry that sees some of that, you know, attention getting experimenting. Yeah. Um, Look at me. Being, Look yeah. at me. And, 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 I, and that's when I sort of start thinking yeah. that, well, that is infantilizing beer or, you know, I had a brewer recently so say it's just turning the industry into a joke when that's what everyone sees as being yeah. the craft yeah, beer industry. Yeah, I agree with that. But that's, well, I, I mean, I don't know. Is it is it detrimental overall or is it is it that thing of any publicity for the industry is good publicity? I, I don't know. The, but, but the 10 um, people who buy it liked it. Yeah. Well, and that's that's kind of the thing. Well, is, yeah, is, except except three of them exploded. Well, yeah, that, that stuff. <laughs> Sorry, is, I had like, to say that because I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> and that's where this whole you know this whole conversation around craft, I guess, has almost gone full circle because initially, like we were saying when we opened, craft beer wasn't even really a phrase, mm. and then craft beer became a phrase. And we and would it fight over something. what it was. Yeah, yeah, and who's in and who's out and all that <laughs> stuff. But now does does all that really – I don't even know what you want to call it. We'll call it donuts for now, the donuts beer. Um, does that belong in craft beer or is that something – so now, now it's – yeah, I don't well, know. Well, well let's talk to that. And it, it's <laughs> one of the other things that fascinates me about your journey is that you, you launched and you're sort of building this market and, you know – 
I can't remember exactly what year it was, but it was at the time that we were starting to debate, well, what is craft beer and is it a size or is it a, an approach to brewing or is it a flavor? And you know, craft brewers are all about the flavor in beer. And Burley comes out with Big Head, mm-hmm. which is a very light-flavored lager, low-carb, playing into that space, which was very challenging to notions of craft in those days, even though you, you were brewing it um, naturally yeah, without yeah. adding enzymes and things, although apparently that's may, okay these days as well. May, so maybe, but if you did what we did, and what we did is we went, you know, we had, a, sorry, we had three beers. And um, we had, uh, you know, 100 people coming to the, the tap house a weekend or something. And they, and they go, oh, I like your beers, but do you have a dark beer? I go, no. Do you have a wheat beer? No. Do you have a low-carb beer? And uh, 7 out of 10 people asked for a low-carb beer. Yeah, and I, I think and at I, the time it must have been like the heyday of pure yeah. blonde. Or I don't know, but we got asked that. So back to Brennan's point earlier about being willing to listen to what people wanted. That came as a direct, almost a, almost a challenge of just when people turned up at the brewery to come in, we were so excited. And if they were kind of be like, oh, do you have a low-carb beer? No, oh, I only drink low-carb. Don't worry about it. It's like, really? Come back. You know, so then we said, well, we'll give it a go. And they'll take their five mates with them. Yeah, so we'll seven, give it a go. Seven out of ten way. people wanted a low-carb beer. And I'm just going, I think you're nuts. And then, the, so we went out, we bought every low-calorie beer we could possibly find from Amsterdam to the U.S. to Australia. And I think we got about 10 of them out. And we tasted every single one of them. And every single one of them, the style was lacking, severely lacking in flavor. So the challenge was, okay. For what we wanted to put in beers. Yes, and for what okay, we wanted so to Okay, so one was, we, we want to make a beer that has flavor and meets that category so that was one of the challenges now the other aspiration of mine that i had for probably a decade before that was to make a beer that just tastes like beer and that's to say that well i mean i was from hawaii and my dad drank all kinds of beers from 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 germany to istanbul to to the philippines and he'd be bringing home different beers all the time. Well, 90% of them all were straw-colored lagers that tasted similar to each other. Not They weren't necessarily really different. But anyways, and I would taste those. And so one of the things that I thought I wanted to do was make a beer that tasted like just beer. And I think that almost met the mark. So it was a, selecting a specific process malt the hops and the and the yeast that really kind of brought this whole thing together to make a beer that's tastes like beer tastes like beer (laughs) but there was a market for it as you said and not to address it and at the same time i remember having a very uh passionate conversation with uh, your your sales rep at the time because my i I was approaching it so saying look you know craft beer is marking itself out as being different Mm -mm -mm. and and if we're going to sort of establish people and bring we we need you know to drag them over Mm -mm. um, rather than Mm. sort of go to meet them because then what are we different to yeah well and it it was a huge learning for me to sort of see because i I imagine that well my observation was that big head became a very important beer in the growth of the business absolutely and and but if but, you go but back we, to why we started I want, to, I want to say different okay okay yeah, yeah. so we're not doing it high gravity and you find a, a big brewery out there that's not doing it high gravity mm. we're not putting in pre-summarized hops no, but, so what, but basically what you're saying is what makes it so it's different but what for you what makes it craft from what you're saying is the brewing method that's right. Whereas your your what you were saying was kind of to, to well, this was, was perceive it, what, a different thing for consumers to be craft. You, yeah, it was um, a perception of, of the flavour. But yeah. what year did you launch? Two thousand and nine or ten, I okay, think. Okay, so yeah. yeah, so four or five years in. Yeah, but to go back to for me, craft. Yep. And I'm doing the little inverted, inverted commas. Um, go back to why we started. It was to bring choice. We could have done just the same styles that the big brewers do, and to us, we were still craft because we were brewing to strength all grain you know you can throw in the independently owned all that stuff um the styles is kind of the next bit for me first bit is just we're just brewing another option in beer that's done the what we 
I'll say it again, properly, in, you know, in the and mid, that's what we were doing. In the mid-80s, um, Michelob, which was owned by Budweiser, um, had the Michelob range of beers, and they were doing Hefeweizens, Dark Ales, Vienna Lagers, and a half a dozen other ones. And so they were doing what craft beer wasn't doing at the time and what mm. it was still growing into. So and big, they, big brewers can do all those styles. It's just when and actually, the difference is we're I, just not them. I actually <laughs> wonder if there would have been a market for a lot of the small breweries if the big brewers had have responded earlier and Maybe. catered to that choice and provided yeah. Kind of that. leading rather than following. Or was yeah. it the small breweries that created that excitement that yeah. then created no. the Chicken and egg. It is, yeah. 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 The yeah. thing is, um, when I was in 86, when I first started brewing, there was 300 breweries in the U.S. And... <laughs> more than that now yeah a couple more seven thousand and and you got to go what was happening in the industry then and it it the 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 big breweries were almost doing more styles of beer than there were craft breweries it was it was ridiculous um and then then those things started to fade away a bit as the craft breweries got more and more and more and then the the there's even big breweries doing IPAs back in the 50s and selling them. So, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just, I can't, I don't think you can just say one size fits all. You slice the cake this way. There's a lot of stuff going on. I'm ab- absolutely not. And, and, and as I said, you know, it, it, that conversation that I had was well over a decade ago mm. when, you know, I had a very different view. Well, I had a different understanding because I didn't have a brewery for one thing that I had to sort of uh, pay, um, pay for and staff and things like yeah. that. But then it was, a, it was a different approach. And, and we were all just trying to get a message through. We were trying and to get a message how do you, through. Yeah, how do you find a way to get that through because it wasn't going through very easily but listening to <laughs> brennan uh, say then you know the, the the beer was different because we didn't use enzymes we didn't use high yeah, gravity yeah. and then you look at how many breweries are doing craft oh, breweries independent craft breweries yeah. are doing that yeah or I, I had a conversation on the drive down because i'm trying to get my head around seltzers now oh yeah um and craft breweries that you know once upon a time we were arguing this is what craft beer is we don't use enzymes we don't and now they're having to activated charcoal filter the beer to get the, the, the well they, they call it a beer but um to, to get it in and they're using fruit flavored extracts and things like that is anyone calling the, a seltzer a beer well they're talking about brewed because oh, that's okay. how they're bringing it in under the um, I craft see. but yeah. I, I i look at that and struggle with the idea of well when we're manipulating the product even more than the big brewers ever did with yeah, beer to yeah. spark the, this idea yeah, of craft yeah, beer yeah. where does that leave an industry and yeah. uh Craft beer has come that full circle where brewers are now. And I think, with, you know, the same, probably the same reason we always struggled with the term craft and whatever other term you wanted to throw at it. It's just so hard to put everyone under the same label. What's important to us as a craft brewer is now, what are, how many in Australia now? 700. Um, and what's important to us as a craft brewer is not going to be the same as what's important to other craft breweries. Um, and what we think, you know, is the, the core values that that we represent to be the craft brewer that we are and so on it's it's going to be different for some people it's about brewing things that are you know that a big brewer would never brew that they're just too crazy for a big brewer or or whatever and i guess you can do that if you want to stay of a certain size yeah and look someone might do it and go massive who knows good on them if they do but that (laughs) you know that's and and there are definitely are breweries in america that have grown to a pretty reasonable size if, if you without look, having anything that looks like a mainstream beer. If you look at certain breweries in, on the west coast of the US, they're bigger than the biggest breweries here, the mainstream breweries. So, you know, because, well, they're one and they're in a bigger market, but... Um, yeah, much bigger market, which does, I guess, it, That helps. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Are, are we at a stage now where it's just beer again? And, Hopefully. You know, and, and, <laughs> in all of its many forms. Yeah, um, and then there'll just be, like you say, arguments about what is beer. <laughs> I, 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 and just when we we're sort of talking about terms, I was just looking at the can of the Burley Midtide that I'm enjoying while we record this interview, and there's no independent seal. Are, are you... there, there wasn't on that one. I think okay. when we did that artwork, it was all just coming out. Every time we've done new artwork, it's made it on. Uh, then it, okay. I think it's made it onto that one, Six Packs. It's made it onto some of the cans, but yes, we're it's going oh, wherever we can put it now. Yeah, 
Was that, yeah. that got printed before the seal came out? It was, yeah, it was right at the time when it was all being finalised. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I was just asking because we, we, we had the discussion about craft and you were yeah. the chair of the CBIA yeah. and the Craft Beer Association days. Now we've During moved to independence and uh, <laughs> through all of that. And I was, now. I'm actually waiting for him to come out with a better seal before we put on <laughs> the can. We're, but isn't it what's in the can that matters, not what's on the can, Brennan? <laughs> So there's a very potted history of 15 years of learnings and things. What have you learned in a business sense? I mean, I, I, I mean, the one thing I'm picking up is, you know, be aware that there are markets out there that you, you know, that it, it, it's not beneath you to service, which is my way of explaining that, you know, if somebody wants a, a low-carb or a no-carb beer... If we what, can brew it well... And the way that we want to brew, which is being, you know, true to all the things that <laughs> matter to him. Um, and and we can see that it has a place uh, in our business. Yeah, for sure. We'll do it. We don't, we don't jump on um, trends. I think we definitely... Because um, they'll, they'll come uh, and go real quick. Yeah. Um, but having said that, you definitely still have to move with the times. Which is why the beers evolve and sometimes the brand evolves and all all those things. Even if you're not going to push boundaries, so to speak, the way that, you know, Mm. um, some brewers see as their um, their role, you still need to evolve. And how has Burley evolved? Oh, wow. Well, (laughs) how have we evolved? Gosh, probably in every single way possible. When you think that we started as the two of us, (laughs) <laughs> um, kind of, you know, doing everything. Um, and you've now got a staff of 50? We'll jump forward 15 years. We've actually got 60, 65 um, people on payroll, yeah, and it's about 50 full-time. I also um, see a lot of the brewers, uh, like, long-termers here, yep, whereas, you know, we, I, I so speak I to a lot of um, breweries and, you know, there are places like Gage Roads or Little Creatures that have been breeding grounds for brewers yep. to go on. Yep. You guys seem to have built a real family of brewers. We, yeah, that's what I was going to say when you said how have we evolved our, our team. And look, for me in our business, that's that's what's now my passion is the people. Um, and, well, we celebrate milestones. So we kind of are very aware of how long people have been here because everyone gets a surfboard on their first year and then five years they get a trip and then... Um, uh, 10 years, we have a massive party. So, um, <laughs> How many parties our, have you had? We've had a couple of parties already <laughs> and, and the brewers, the brew team are really the ones who are closest to ticking off the 10-year parties. Um, there's a few had, of them coming in quick succession. No, we've already had one. And we've already had one got, of the brewers. we got two others coming up Yeah, really a couple quick. of others coming up really fast. And that's, I mean, it's been, what has been wonderful is to be able to evolve their roles and their opportunity as we've moved along. And, you know, I've had so many conversations with people coming into the business over the years, just kind of saying, you know, pros and cons of working for a big business, small business, that there, you know, can be fantastic opportunities in small business. The problem is, or what can be a problem, is you can't lay out exactly what it's going to look like and when it's going to happen. But for the people who've, you know, been willing to just put their trust in us and and, um, kind of hold up their end of the bargain, then we've taken them, you know, for, for... the ride with us which has been fantastic um and that's continuing you know we we still have those conversations all the time with members of the team of you know where to next and it's like we can't tell you but that's exciting (laughs) another thing that we've kept along since the beginning is we never intended to be a 24 7 brewery we um we have very finite hours 6 a.m to 7 p.m and that's what the work shift is monday to friday no weekends and i think that People like that, and they have families, and they're you know they were might have been 25 when they started with us, and now they're you know they've got they got married and they got two kids, and they enjoy going home and having dinner. We've had a lot of burly babies born. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it could be something to do with the product. <laughs> might have contributed. Yeah. And, well, yeah. How, how about you both? Because you know we're not any older at all. Well, no, you're not. You know, I, was, I, was, I was actually going to comment on that. That it's, it's obviously good, clean living, but. Marriage is hard, let alone when you work with your spouse. Um, and business is hard, yeah. let alone when you're working, when, when your business partners yeah. are also life partners. Yeah. How has that been, you know, sort of going through that process yeah. and the, the, the stress of the first five years and everything? I'll, I'll answer first. And then. <laughs> <laughs> I should interview you separately, separately about this one and then play your answers. You know, no, back. you know what, in fairness, we, I mean, it was, 
you know, people ask the question, oh, we have, why did Burley Brewing start? How did it come together? Da, da, da. And it just so genuinely, absolutely is about two people coming together that there was no other path for this. This was the path that we were going to be on. And, and our, our skill sets are complementary. And we've, we've always had very, um, I suppose, distinct areas of the business that are the bits that we're responsible for. I mean, I guess as when we started out, it was, it was probably a bit more like a partnership. From in terms of how we worked together as we've grown we've had to have more of a structure well technically on paper I'm the CEO and technically Brendan reports to me but of course we still operate we, like it's just so amazing to have that person who doesn't matter what what's come up in the day whether it's their specialty area or not you can just talk to them about it and you, and you know that 1000% what comes back is going to be in the best interests of you know um, the business because that's they're coming from exactly the same place as you and we we have very different views on things but we we I don't know we have very fruitful discussions to get to decisions um, and so that's been really good but we also before we opened when we were about to kind of lay our whole life on and our kids lives on the line but, uh, we no, had you a can conversation say before it happens I think it happened like five years before that what was that? The conversation. The conversation. Well, I just, I just remember. The conversation. It's, we, even, it's even got a name. Well, we, <laughs> we, we actually, and I don't know what we just, we did, but we sat down and we said, okay, we're going to do this, but we survive above all else. Because so we, if we have to we let had, the we business. Had a, we had a brewery before this. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. With other partners and yeah. So basically it was, this is all getting very deep now, Matt, but we said, yeah, <laughs> if, if the business has to fold for us to survive, that's what will happen. And so we just kind of, I don't know, we, that's always just been there. We've always found a way to make us the priority. Thankfully, we've been able to make the business priority as well. So Again, as, as an observer who's watched for a long time, you seem to be very different people with this amazing, you use the word compliment, you know, you compliment each other and it, it, you just have seemed to fit together at the right parts and it's, it's been fascinating to watch. We, so still, we have I, some heated I, conversations I can, about work. I can never, <laughs> but not I can, at work. I can never claim to, um, you know, have the organization skills to run this brewery. You know, maybe one that, you know, one uh, hundredth of this size, that'd be fine for me. But also, I've got, I'm in, a, in on the brewing level and talking with the brewers and looking at the equipment and as new things become available, you know, equipment-wise or things like that, we're always looking at expanding or, or making things, you know, like I always to say, uh, faster, better, stronger, and more efficient. And, and that efficiency is trying to keep those hours down and still creating more beer in that same structure, that same, um, you know, bookends of hours. How important is it to have that self-insight that that's not your strong that you could do something small but you need to you know defer to a higher power to to, to, to scale it i don't care <laughs> because i'm i'm i think all i'm doing is working with what i'm comfortable working with i'm not i never set out to be i don't know the business organizer person CEO's not on my my um, <laughs> my things that I want to be. It's not on my bucket list. I, I used to, when we were like in the early days, I did used to think that my my only if I can just enable Brennan to not have to think about anything else other than brewing great beer and whatever that entailed, because I knew I couldn't do that. If I just if that's all he had to think about, then the rest of it I had to take care of. That's just kind of how it evolved. Yeah. And so I've got, I don't know, down, I've, I don't know how many staff are there. I don't know, 20 or something. So I've got two-fifths of the team down there that I, that I get to wrangle every day. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, I don't know. And, and now, of course, our children have, who, you know, put their initials in the cement in the first place when they were five and six, and now we're about to have... Our, 20, our daughter's 21st birthday in the brewery. That's very convenient to have a brewery <laughs> when you've got a does 21st your dad on her, does, <laughs> does she have a lot of young men uh, sort of calling in that great Australian oh, tradition? Yeah, I know. Yeah, don't remind me of that song. But <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I, I wasn't. But, um, yeah, no, that's been fascinating for them too when they, they've grown up with it but it's we've had to well they actually took my kids around um in 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 my 19 year old daughter at the other brewery uh (laughs) daisy took my uh she would have been eight (laughs) uh, eight or nine and uh, my daughters were were 
five and seven. Daisy um, did the brewery tour. And she did the brewery <laughs> tour and they sort of running around playing. And uh, But that's probably been more of a challenge, I think, to keep... Well, you know, we've found a way to keep us going, but to, to not have them buried in the business as well and actually um, feel like when we were at home they had parents and not people who were just talking about work. And we, we had to kind of get them to help us with that we because we ended up having to I guess there was some really busy times when all we talked about would first like sometimes during the day wouldn't even see each other we'd get in the door go home and go I need to talk to you about this and (laughs) and at some point we kind of did a deal that we had to ask permission if we wanted to talk about work when we were at home (laughs) and if the other one didn't want to then it was just no go zone and sometimes we'd forget and the kids would be like hey 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 you go you didn't ask and we'd be like oh okay (laughs) so that was good too but now um Daisy works here part time in our digital marketing, and our son works behind the bar. And, and I look, I definitely don't want to, you know, I'm not saying you guys must take over the brewery at all. I want them to do their Jeez, own can, thing. Can we, can we, we just got to clarify our oh. son works one day a week in the bar. He's, he's at uni. He's yeah. At uni. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> oh, they're, yeah. they're totally free to make their own career. He's not choices. a bar fly. I think, I think if they were to follow us, Daisy would be the brewer and Skane would be the CEO. So it'd be an opposite, <laughs> it'd be a switch. But have they expressed an interest? Like, is there the potential for a Cooper's second generation? Uh, I, I, they used to say, like, we used to ask them when they were kind of 14, 15, and, you know, do you want to work in the brewery? Didn't want a bar of it. But now that they're, so Daisy's almost graduated. Skane's, he's in law school, actually. Oh, goodness knows what he'll do with that. But, but mind you, that's where oh, I started. That's Maybe where you will. started. You I started there. I just didn't finish. So... Hey, no, I, I, I would say the potential is there more than what there has, was previously. But still, I, I want them to go and do something else. And if they do come into the business, it's because they've earned their way in and they're bringing something to it. We'll see. Actually, we'll see. One, one question I'll ask, and feel free not to answer it um, if you don't want to. But when, when you did open the brewery, you, you took on some financial partners, um, you know, so, so you had investors in, in the initial business. Fifteen years later, how many of them are still involved in the business, or you know, has there been pretty a much? It's the same group who've stood with us. There's a couple of little little minor changes, but through external circumstances, that yep. they had to do some things. But um, fundamentally, it's just that same group who believed in what we were doing, and and at the t- they were the crazy ones at the time. Really, you know, we knew what we were. We had the vision in our heads, and to try and. Um, I guess I'm looking back. I think, gosh. Those people put their faith in us when there was no industry and there was no anything. But, yeah, they've been on this amazing journey with us. Yeah. How did you manage that? Because, like, the first five years uh, <laughs> w- were tough and they yeah. might have been sort of questioning yeah. their investment. Yeah. And did you tell them that, well, our marriage is going to survive even if the brewery doesn't? <laughs> well, was that part no, of the conversation we you had with them? We were very clear at the get-go. You know, we talked before about how we, we, we came back and then we, we spent time researching. And um, we wrote a very detailed business plan as much for ourselves as anything else to really kind of sense check everything we thought we were going to be able to do. And, um, you know, it was, gosh, it was before crowdfunding. It was really before all this private equity in the modern yeah. way and all, all that stuff. So it was literally just, you know, a handful of local um, business people who believed in, I don't know, maybe they saw our passion, believed in us probably more and than family. anything else. And family, yeah. And um, one of the things that was very clearly laid out uh, was an investment in a brewery isn't a quick return mm-hmm. and, you know, that it takes time to pay off um, the investment and to, you know, to build the revenue and cash flow and so on. So, and a lot of money goes um, back into expansion. Uh, that was the thing, a lot of money. And, and, but the th- that's what they could see and yep. they could see that that's where it was going and that... that um, you know, that was all fully supported. So we haven't kind of had to go back to the well or bring in new people or anything like that. We've been able, with their support, to just keep keep investing in the business. And, and, they, and they've, so it's been relative, I mean, imagine it's not been perfectly smooth, but has it been relatively smooth? It's been amazing. It, honestly, it has been amazing. And, you know, you asked me before, what did you learn? I could probably tell you a million things I learned, but certainly learning how to... Um, keep up our end of the bargain in terms of communication and so on with them was certainly something that we learned those first few years were so busy every now and then you kind of have to go oh god I better tell the shareholders what we're doing you know <laughs> or give them a bit of an update <laughs> we're much better at that now um and there's a lot more to talk about too but um and yeah they've been no they're, honestly they've been a little bit amazing. of confidence as well I'd imagine oh sure yeah for sure 
and they're, yeah, they've been supportive and we, we have not had um, a horrible journey from that perspective at all. It's been amazing. Has, have there been offers? People yeah. knocking on your door and saying, like, what you're doing, uh, would you like to work for us? Oh, we get, we certainly get random um, inquiries from who knows, who knows who they are, to be honest, wanting to know whether there's an opportunity to invest or whatever, whatever. And we've or, had, or take us over. <laughs> we've had some, um, I, I wouldn't call them offers, no. We've had some random overtures that you couldn't really tell whether it was a fishing exercise or, you know, who knows what. But, um, no, nothing that I would call a, you know, anything that was serious to... Would you? I don't, I don't expect you to ever say never. You know, not, not that, and it's not something... But do you have that business person's approach of saying, look, you know, we'd never say no to the right offer? Or, you know, is this something that you love what you do and you would just hope to keep doing it? Yeah, look, as you know, from the get-go, we didn't set up a business to sell. Uh, and that's not the reason we we got in and um we the, i mean the journey that we're on and and you know sometimes you do kind of not even oh should we sell but just you know what, what are we going to do when we turn 70 do we still going to like those types of conversations but then you get onto strategic planning and you get on making your plans for the next year and you're like hey i want to be part of this because this is gonna you know like i'm excited about these next plans and that's absolutely where where we're at now too we've got you know putting in more tanks, doing, penciling out what the next stage looks like. And uh, that's what, that's really what we're focused on, you know. Um, just continuing to build and strengthen kind of what's, what's already been, been built. And there's so much more we want to do, you know. I think that's what's keeping us And I'm very conscious of time. You know, it, it, it's been an hour already. And so I, I will ask, what is next? What, what do you still want to do? What has been undone, um, you know, left undone? Or, you know, what, what's yeah. next for Burley as you celebrate 15 years? Uh, so, yeah, well, 15. <laughs> um, you know, we always started out to... Um, we've had this kind of slow and steady view that we weren't there to... And in fact, it was some of the reasoning behind the name Duke. We were saying, we don't want to take over the world. We don't want to be the king. We, don't, we just want to be, just you know, <laughs> just this little, you know, region. And uh, we, we have taken a very slow, maybe isn't the right word, but, but um, intentional and strategic view of growth. We've had a lot of offers and requests to send beer overseas, you know, load up containers, send it off. And we've just... Um, always had a just a focus on Australia both supply chain and um, you know the sell side as well and uh, so we, we haven't kind of chased those sugar hits of growth of oh here's an opportunity just to sell a bunch of beer we've always been very strategic about where we've been selling and why and as a result you know we're, we're very strong here in Queensland and even 15 years later um, while we've got beers that are now available nationally and so on this corner of the world is still our absolute strength in our core and and so we've still got so much to do in terms of just continuing to kind of move out from from there a bit um i'm i'm just inspired to keep trying to find more ways to create opportunities for our team and that that's some of the things that we're you know got on the horizon at the moment of things that that um we'll be able to open up opportunities for them and so on so that's um that's definitely a part of um you know what's not what's not yet done kind of thing and so we've you know we've just put in new tanks we're we're um we're very good at finding new space where there appears to, appears to be none <laughs> done that a few times I, now I, and, so. and brennan's already like a year or two in, absolutely we can do more here um we've got you know i don't want to ruin any real estate deals or anything but we've got some potential options on um in play for further extension expansion beyond these four walls um and you know, we've we've always got multiple so options in play, to be honest, because we don't know what'll come off. Small scale storage, but there, there, there's a vision in your head that one day, just as you outgrew the first space, that one day this will be, you know, too small as well. Yeah, that, or that's but, not my first uh, option. Yeah, not necessarily and, to move, but just different ways we can and, uh, we I mean, can do yeah. things. And like uh, we look currently, well, for the last five years we've had um, offsite storage and offices. 
just down the yeah, road. Yeah, warehouse we separated we're, we're, yeah, a few years ago. We've got thousand, another thousand square meters. Have you been down there? No, I haven't been down. Yeah. I, I, I just remember the very first time Brennan showed me the very small little cool room um, at, at the original place that was... Yeah, yeah. Now there's a bigger cauldron so down there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's small, but at the time, they, they could take 20 pallets. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It's not, it's not that small. And when the first day we commissioned the first bottling line, we only managed to package about three cartons, so we had plenty of space. Yeah. <laughs> now, Brent, I remember we had a chat once when we were sort of talking about the, the, the early ranges and... Um, your approach to beer and you said something to me along the lines of well we'll start with our lager we'll start with our pale ale and eventually i'll be able to bring people to my schwartz beer and my ipa um and you've made a schwartz beer and an ipa um are there any beers that yeah, we make, are unmade in you know, are, are there any beers that you still haven't made that you'd love yes. to bring oh, out God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tons you know I and mean, at one stage on the, i looked down at the, the menu board down there and it's like we had seven ipas i'm just going well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> we don't need to have seven IPAs on. So um, what beers haven't you made yet that you that we can look forward to? Uh, you know what? That's uh, You caught me off guard. I don't know. I mean, I can think, uh, you know, there, there's versions of beers that I want to make. You know, either the alcohol up or down or the take the color, you know, lighter or darker or things like that. He'll, he'll go on a trip to, when you're allowed to go on trips. He'll go to a trip, on a trip to Germany and taste, you know, obviously a bunch of beers. And he honestly, it's, it's, it's almost like a superpower. He'll come home and he can literally remember, like physically remember the taste of five different beers and go, I want to brew that whatever lager that was in this amazing brewery in a dungeon whatever below <laughs> the, and it was like the best example of that style he's ever had i want to come home and do that like that that's and then he does it you know that that's and then i get to put it in a contest and it wins a gold I go, <laughs> yes i hit it that's not always not always what <laughs> Off, often enough <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna give him credit on but that it one is a, he can actually i it's got this like taste imprint that just <laughs> and then he can remember it enough to go duplicate it I, i've know? watched him judge Seen so, it in action. Yeah. Yeah. look I, th- th- there is so much more that we could talk about uh, both into the future and in, in, in the past but i'm very <laughs> conscious of your time and that you have been very generous so far so uh, congratulations on 15 years congratulations on all you've achieved not just for burley but in the the, the southeast queensland and queensland in the australian industry and uh, thank you very much for, for joining me for this conversation thanks uh, Brandon, and peter fielding thanks matt great to catch up And that was Brennan and Peter Fielding. As I said during the interview, we've had a number of chats with them individually over the years. And I highly recommend you go back because those conversations may frame some of the conversation that we had on this occasion. But Brennan and Fielding will both receive a Yeti Rambler mug, which is perfect for keeping their 28 pale ales cold on the beaches of Burley. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryo Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryo Malt is dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are our proud podcasting sponsors.